Good morning and welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast. Today we are talking about trusting in the Lord and finding and feeling His love and support in our life and throughout our journey. So today we have Elder Justin Apostolo here with us. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks for thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. We're super excited to have you here with us and be able to talk with you and discuss a little bit of your story and kind of how you got to where you are now. Um, so you're a, you're a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I was hoping maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about yourself and you know kind of how everything came into play and how you got to where you are now? <laughs> well, there definitely has been a lot that came into it. Um, I'm, I'm born and raised over in a little town called Magnolia, Texas, which is about 45 minutes northwest of Houston. Um, yeah, I grew up there my whole life. I have a way happy family, just me, my sister, my two parents. Um, so, a pretty small family. And I, things I've really enjoyed, I've always enjoyed sports growing up. And yeah. I've had a lot of friends um, that I've met through that, been able to travel doing baseball, baseball um, throughout as I grew up. Um, and yeah, I just, one thing I just always love is, um, I love to learn, actually, yeah, I do love to learn, and always really been into schooling, and just like different, uh, different classes, just learning myself and. That's really good. Learning, learning is important. <laughs> Get that. Yeah. Learn wisdom in thy youth, right? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I always grew up on the water. I love the beach, like surfing, skimboarding, um, anything that has to do with the water, wakeboarding, skiing. Um, always love the water. Sweet. I love the water too. My family just got a boat right before I left on my mission. And so thankfully Fuck. I got to, I guess not thankfully, but when I got home from my mission in the Philippines for a little bit, we got to play around on that. It's a lot of fun. So. Definitely the water, hopefully the water is not, it wasn't too cold up here in Washington. Oh, it's freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got a wetsuits. Yeah, yeah. It's always cold. Yeah. I, yeah, I like I like boating too. My my parents we we got uh the wave runners, so it's it's always nice to go and swim, hang out with friends, invite them over to come hang out with us. It's always the best. Yeah. Speaking Life's of- always better on the water. <laughs> Speaking of friends, were is this is friends the way that you got introduced to the church, or how did you originally get introduced to the church? So myself, um, I I didn't grow up big like, religious at all. Um, I went to church when I was like a little kid, but we stopped going when I was like around seven. Okay. And so I didn't really grow up as that being a a pillar in my my life. Um, Right. I, I never really questioned anything either. I was just kind of, I just did my thing. 
Yeah, I'm focused on school, focused on sports. Um, just trying to get good grades, be a good friend. Um, so those were my focuses. Um, I got introduced to the church from one of my good friends in high school. She just one day invited me invited me to church, and I I just said yes. My why not? Um, I had a lot of friends who did this program called Young Life. It's just like a youth, like a youth Christian, like okay. just non-denominational um, Christian group that is you have activities together. You'll go on campouts like to Colorado, different states for a week, kind of like a. It's a lot like EFY, which is um, a youth, a youth, uh, a youth group for, for our church, the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, but they invited me out to that a couple times. I never did because. I don't know. I just didn't feel like I fit in there. Like, it's all about, it's like Jesus Christ, and I didn't really believe in God at all. Um, I had a lot of friends outside the school, I'd hang out with them, but I, I just never got around to going there. All right. Gotcha. And so, so this friend that introduced you, invited you to church, um, how did, like, I guess, how did you progress, and how did you, or why did you want to progress in learning more? Um, you know, at first, I didn't really know. I just they kept asking me. It was pretty much just like, they asked, and I, I was like, sure, why not? I didn't really have much of a reason. Um, they first met, the missionaries first met me at church that, that, that Sunday I did come. And they introduced themselves as Elder Day and Elder Weasley. Um, Elder Weasley had just started his mission. He was about to get out of training, so about three months into his mission. Okay. Elder Day was kind of on the back end of his mission. He had about three months left. Um, oh. And they invited me to come over to one of the members' homes after church that day. And honestly, I didn't have anything else planned other than, like, naps, maybe, at, <laughs> at home. Uh, I said, yeah, why not? <laughs> Always. Yeah, yeah, Sunday naps, they they are important. Um, I said, why not? Sure. I ended up going to one of my, they, they were, I knew of them. Um, I realized I knew a lot of the kids that went to the church. They were like grade or two below me, and some of them were even in my grade. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like super big friends with them, but I did know them. And went over to his house, and they kind of went from there. They just started sharing I guess they realized, they asked me questions and realized I really didn't know anything about God, <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> um, I couldn't name you, like, anything that had to do with the scriptures, like, whether it be um, Moses and his, his staff, his staff, or, like, Noah's Ark. Um, there's these different scripture stories that I now know about um, as I've studied more on my own, but at the time I knew nothing. Like I had never heard of the church either. Like I never saw missionaries. We've always had a big car gate at my place. And so missionaries have never come to my house. I didn't even know missionaries were a thing or um, the nickname that the church, um, that people give the church, like Mormon or the Book of Mormon. I never heard of any of that either. Okay. Um, so I was super, just super, uh, what's the word? I guess ignorant maybe. Um, okay. I just didn't know much right. when they first met with me. Oh, cool. I'm... What was I going to say? 
So as you're being taught or going through these lessons, um, like, how did you, or like, what was going through your mind? Like, you're like, whoa, this is so different. Or like, I don't know, what, what was like your, your thoughts as you were being taught? Um, I, I would say like, um, like, it's definitely different than, I guess, the things I had learned before, um, just about, like, mainstream Christianity, just kind of, like, the outlook on life and, and what happens after we die. It's a little different um, because the really the biggest part that stood out to me was learning about um, the plan of salvation, or the plan of happiness, as we call it, and that simply is, like, the, the plan that God has made for us that, you know, explains where, where, where do we come from? You know, why are we even here on earth? What is our purpose? Why do we even care and to, to do things? And where are we going after this life? Um, that's like where I guess it really stood out to me more. And I guess I kind of straightened up my back and realized, oh, my, this is actually kind of interesting. Um, but the first, like, first, like, discussion this was the second time, second discussion I met with them that they explained this to me. Um, and I don't know, they asked me the question, I remember at the end, uh, just like if I had any thoughts or questions. I don't really remember much of what they taught me. Um, <laughs> I, I remember the feeling when I was there, they asked me that. And I, was, I was just like, I don't know, it felt as though I had already known it. Like, it was almost like a reminder rather than rather than a, um, uh, what's the word, um, like an instruction or okay. like a like a training or like I was being told something new. Like in school where you start a new unit, you know, you start doing multiplication and division. Right. Like I just felt like I had already known it. And they had to teach me about the light of Christ, which is within each of us, whether we believe in Christ or not. We each have the light of Christ within us, and so they got to explain that to me, and they, and that's when they like invited me to be baptized, that second lesson, and I didn't really know what to say. I was like, um, sure, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I guess if I do know it's true, then I will, and, and so. That's cool. Yeah, how that did, was. How did you come to to know it was true? Like. Uh... Like what, what so these... I guess the first, first big thing for me was like I needed to know that like, God was there in the first place. Because I really, growing up, I remember I'd wake up in the morning. My dad would be up around 5.30 every morning. I'd wake up around 6 so I could get to school by like 6.30. And I'd get up and I'd go in the, go in the living room, get my, my bowl of cereal, a cinnamon toast crunch. And then I'd sit down and like watch the news because that's what my dad had on. And I'd always see like... Oh, there were just such, like, not good things on there, as always. And then they'd always end off, you know, on the, the adoption of the week. This this wonderful pet got adopted. It kind of end on a high note, even though they just dished out all this, this really bad stuff that's happening in the world. I mean, it's real. It's stuff that's not fake. But that played a big role in preventing me from believing in God, that there could be a loving God, that, I guess, that knew us mm-hmm. and knew me. And so what kind of started that change to, like, have me to believe was when actually they gave me a baptismal date. I was like, 
I had I was just about to graduate high school my senior year, and I was preparing to go to college. I'd already been accepted to Texas A&M Corpus Christi down in Southern Texas, um, and so I, I it was my last summer home before I you know go off to college, and so we had a lot planned. Yeah, I was going to be in Florida for about two weeks. And then I'd be home for like one weekend. And then I'd kind of ship off to Colorado with my family and spend another week and a half there just adventuring around and visiting my sister who was living there at the time. And when I, they invited me to be baptized, they told me June 17th. And I was like, what made you choose that date? And well, they looked at each other like, well, we just be prayed about it. And we felt like that would be a date you'd be ready for. And it's like, and I explained to them, like, guess what I just shared right there, like, my busyness and the stuff I had planned. And that was the one weekend I'd be home. Um, really? And so that's kind of when it stood out to me. I was like, maybe there's something to this prayer thing. Maybe maybe God knows a little bit more than I think he does. And so I kind of started, I guess, um, getting a little bit more into it, trying to hold their commitments. You know, they invited me to pray, invited me to read. I just, they invited me to live certain standards. And I began to, I don't know, I changed my perspective on, on their requests and saw them more as like, I don't know, I try to seek truth from them. And it really kind of changed the outcome of how me doing them it became more more real as I did them. I like that, trying to seek seek truth from it rather than just doing it to do it, to check the checkbox off. Trying to yeah. Learn from it. yeah, they kind of were just asking me to do things, and like I don't know, I was taught to respect people, and and so I was like, okay, you ask me to do something, I'll do it, and then it kind of changed to where okay, I actually want to do what you're about to ask me to do. That's way awesome. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I guess what were some some struggles or some trials that per, that may have gotten in your way as you were um, continuing on this path towards towards the church? Um, I think, too, like, for the longest time, even after I was baptized, I sometimes struggled, like, just the thought of, like, God being there and, like, prayer helps me communicate with them. One thing that was, that I've learned, actually, on my mission back around when I was out for about, like, um, I think it was like right before my year mark, um, around like 11 months or 10 months, I was teaching my friend Renati. She's actually being baptized um, this upcoming month. Hey, sweet. But I taught her for six months. Yeah, we got really close. I was, we were teaching her about opposition because she was experiencing a lot of that. She was preparing for her baptismal date last year. Um, and... I realized as I was sharing that, I don't know, I guess God had brought to my knowledge of some of the opposition that I could share in that moment. And my parents are fantastic people. They honestly, um, I think unknowingly prepared me to accept this later on in life just by the standards that they taught me and they had me live, um, really prepared me to make an easier transition into the church, um, like a lifestyle change, you know? Mm-hmm. But when I did join, um, it was super quick. I met the missionaries, and I joined about three weeks later. Um, I ended up being baptized three weeks later after I had first met the missionaries. <clears throat> and 
they'd ask me questions. They began asking me questions like, I've you know I've made changes before. I used to play baseball, but I decided to quit baseball because I was just super burnt out playing fall ball, spring ball, summer ball, like all kinds of ball and um, tournaments all every weekend. Um, I got super burnt out and I decided to quit. I just didn't want to play it anymore. I wasn't having fun. They respected that choice. They were like, yeah, we totally understand. You know, it's your choice. But like that's when it came to joining the church and, and following this, they kind of asked me questions like, why? Why did I do that? Um, they asked me questions like, on our churches, why do we not have crosses on them if we believe in Jesus Christ? And um, I'm just asking, like, why did you do that? And I, I don't know. I, it made me... Um, Oh, it made me discouraged because I didn't know the answer to those questions. <clears throat> and it kind of made me question, like, why did I do this? If I even, if I even know what I just joined, you know? Right. Um, and I, you know, luckily I had good support behind me and I got to ask them questions, the same questions, and I let them explain. It's like, what is the answer to this question? And then I would relay that back to my parents. And, and so it kind of mellowed out a little bit as I was able to sort of find support on those around me. I like that, finding support from those around you. Were there any times that you felt you had where the support from those around you just wasn't enough and yet you needed to rely on the support of Jesus Christ? Um, I, I feel like probably one, um, I, I, have, I have a ton of experiences on my mission now that you kind of get forced to, to rely on Jesus Christ. If you try to serve a mission on yeah. your own willpower, you're not going to make it very far. Like, just um, through rejection, through your own personal inadequacy, um, you know, your social skills, your just, just so many things that you can't do alone. I think one before I had decided to serve a mission was actually my going into my um, my second semester in college. Um, the girl that had invited me to church previously was my girlfriend, but I had to make sure like, I wasn't joining for her. And then we ended up breaking up when we went to college just because she went um, to Idaho for college and I went even farther south to te in Texas. So um, super far apart and just didn't want to do the long distance relationship. And so that was super hard on me my second, like going into my second, my first semester, it's, I was a mess. Um, I wasn't focusing on the right things. Um, made wrong decisions. I, I kept going to church always, though. But I remember that second semester, I made a decision to stop focusing on the past and just focus on the on the future. And I really relied on what the missionaries have taught me. They, you know, read my scriptures, just go to church, which I had already been doing, but also pray. Like we call that like spiritual CPR. You know, church, prayer, read scriptures. And so I began to do that more. And I really saw a turnaround, especially my morale and my decision-making. Just, it, I was able to, I guess, avoid temptation more. And I, was, I made, you know, tough decisions to change my friend groups. Those I hung out with in college. And, because uh, you're kind of out there on your own. It's just you and your, and your, your classmates and stuff and your friends. So you, it's all about your friends. You don't have, I didn't have family out there. Um, so that, I know, that was my first experience that really was a cool, a cool impact as I started to focus on, on it more. Um, I didn't feel as alone 
and I was able to avoid maybe the wrong paths that right. have not ended where I'm at now. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I like that. There's something you said, you know, don't focus on the past, but, you know, uh, keep looking forward to what can be done and what can be accomplished. When we're, when we're looking back, you know, we're going to probably trip over something in front of us if we're not paying attention. So keep your eyes forward. I like that. Uh, another question I was curious about is you mentioned going on a mission, and that's where you currently are. You're serving on a mission. That's actually how we met is you were serving in my hometown. And so I got to meet you yeah. there, which was super cool. I'm super glad I got to meet you. And I remember yeah. you mentioning when we were talking for one of the first times that um, I, don't, I think you said your parents weren't like super supportive of you going on a mission. I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And yeah. Um, no, they were not happy at all about me serving a mission. I joined the church. My, my Both my mom and my dad came to my baptism, but only my dad came to the confirmation. I still don't know why necessarily it was like that, but um, they made me promise not to serve a mission when I, I joined the church. And me, I'm like, of course not. Why, why would I do that? My mind was not at that, like on that at all. I had my seven years planned out. I had my private, my, uh, my graduate program chosen out. I was going to go to this little college called Eckerd. Eckerd was a little private college um, out in Florida to do mm-hmm. marine biology and oh, cool. finish my, my, my schooling. So I'm like, of course not. That's not at all in the plans. But like I said, as, as I started to kind of kick up my, my spirituality a little bit, I started to think about it more, especially as I met with the missionaries there. Um, I had a little bit of an older family ward. <laughs> and so when I went to Institute, Institute's pretty much like a Bible study in our church. Um, I went to Institute. I was only 19. So the next youngest person was like 26. Oh, well. And then there was like three married couples in there. So I did not fit in very well. I was just like, I'm younger than all you. You got like family, like children and stuff to right. focus on. It was just... I didn't fit in, so I made friends with the missionaries really quick because um, they were my age, you know, 18 to like 20, young 20s. Um, and as I, I don't know, they met with me more, and I was able to, as I asked them about their missions, I was just curious, like, where do they come from? You know, why did they serve? They invited me to join them on lessons and stuff. I got to teach with them a couple of times, and, the, and just, as I began to talk with them, I started thinking about, what if I wanted to do this? I saw it more as an opportunity than like a spiritual like reasoning. It's just like I get to travel, I get to be in another country. I might even learn another language. Like mm. that'd be pretty sick. It's like you, Caden, you or yeah, you, Elder Wilson. <laughs> sorry, um, you served in the Philippines yeah. for what six months or yeah, seven months. Seven months learning Tagalog. Yep, Tagalog. Did you learn any other any other dialects? No, I mean, just a few phrases in other languages, but no, just Tagalog. Uh, and see, that's totally different where you're from in Washington. Uh, yeah. And I saw that, I'm like, that would be dope if I could go out of the country for two years, right? And yeah. so I kind of look into it more, and then as I started actually my papers... It's slowly, I don't know, I, I've always been one to doubt myself, 
like I second guess my decisions. Just I don't know why, but I never, as I kept thinking about it more, I would never doubt. And so I guess that became a kind of a um, a more spiritual confirmation that like God was taking that doubt from me. You know, I'd always make reasons why I shouldn't do something, mm-hmm. and I couldn't think of a reason why not to go on a mission. And so opportunities slowly turned into spiritual confirmation, more of a heavenly opportunity rather than a, a temporal opportunity to see, see things. But So it really, missionaries really helped me to strengthen my testimony and see the importance of sharing it. And so I, I said, you want me to share kind of how it went with when I did tell my parents I wanted to serve a mission? Yeah, that'd be great. If you don't mind. No, not at all. So, uh, my parents, they love me very much. Like, they have, this has been the hardest thing for them to not see me for two years. Um, it's like, they are counting down the days already. I go home in January. So, they're excited. Um, but they came down and visited me in Corpus Christi. I'm only four hours away from home down there. Um, they came down and visited me. We were, we were just walking on the beach. I took them out to one of my favorite beaches, and we were just talking about school, you know, what parents talk about, right? Mm-hmm. How's school going? You know, how how's everything going? And I remember, like, there was, she was just talking to me about my, my graduate program, just, like, my plans and stuff, and I didn't really answer her, like, I guess in a way, like, confirm like, that was the plan and stuff. And she, she kind of looked at me like, like, it's a good thing you're not serving a mission. And I was like, actually, um, <laughs> about that. And so it was, an, it was a kind of intense conversation um, asking me, like, why would you want to do that? Like, the church just wants your money. Like, why do they need your money for that? Because we completely fund ourselves while we go on our missions from family, friends, um, our congregations that might support us and ourselves. Um and so, I don't know, my dad was just wondering, like, why do they want your money? They don't need, they're just going to take your money? I was like, well, no, I, I'm paying for myself while I'm out here. So the church gets no money from it. Just having to explain these things, and, like, yeah, they were not happy, because I'm sure some of my classes might not be eligible. I took my first my first uh, year when I get home, I'll have to retake them, just from how long I've been away from college. Um, right. It's like a five-year degree plan, so I'll have to either finish my degree in two years or um, re- retake them. Okay. So they weren't happy about that either. So it was more educational rather than like a religious point of view that they weren't happy with. Gotcha. I mean, can't, I can't imagine how hard that would be, especially for you and bringing that up to them and, and having them not be quite as supportive as you probably would have liked. <laughs> Uh, I'd be really hard. How did, how did you find the, you know, the support as you left on your mission and as, um, just going throughout your mission service? How have you been finding support? Um, even if in the beginning maybe your parents weren't as supportive. I'm not sure how supportive they are now and if they're maybe a little bit better now that you're almost done. But just how did you find support in the beginning? Um, it's definitely a lot of. Uh, return missionaries, those that had served missions, just asking about them, and they would share their experiences, and so I'd get more excited to 
to go is kind of like, I don't know, each return missionary was like a gas station I'd refill my tank on. Um, and that's cool. So like, I just like, it was a lot of, I don't know, I've been, I'm always a super independent person. So serving on a mission sometimes has been difficult with having companions. Mm-hmm. Just that I haven't always been the best companion of being a team, team player, you know? And so yeah. I guess others' opinions really didn't affect me a whole lot, especially as I prepared closer and closer for my mission. It was more like, okay, I, I know I'm going. And what you say is really not going to change my mind. Um, but definitely, like, asking return missionaries for their experiences and just um, their joys from it helped a lot. And so this is my, my, I don't know, my being, being involved you know, being around those that right. would support me helped me a lot because no one ever pressured me to ever serve a mission. I think I surprised a lot of people with deciding to serve a mission so soon and even doing one in general for the fact. Um, and so they were super patient and just loving and supporting what my choices would, would be. That's really cool. I like I like how you said you found support and people that have already gone through that experience of serving a mission. And I I remember when I was in the MTC or Missionary Training Center, that's where mi- missionaries going out go for uh, three to six weeks uh, to, before they go on their mission, just to either learn a language or to study up on some materials. But anyways, when I was at the MTC, I wrote this little poem about how Christ walked before us and helped set the path and I don't remember exactly what I, uh, the words I wrote, but I remember it being something like his hand was reached out and, you know, he was on the path next to us the whole time type of thing. I I just, I like that how we're able to, even if like in a time where we don't feel like we have anybody we can relate to, you know, Christ is always there and he's already walked what we've, what we're walking currently, which I think is super cool for us to be able to rely on that as well be able to reach out to him and take hold of his arm that he has stretched out is he one of my one of my favorite scriptures um that i always love to use like while teaching what jesus christ did on this earth <clears throat> like there's so much we go through comparison um judgment like bullying I just there's so much that we go through in this life. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of some a lot of things aren't even in our control. Like things that like I didn't even ask for this. Why would I ask for this? Right. Um, it's just like we go through in life. And I, I love what you said. I guess reminded me of um, John chapter sixteen verse thirty three, and it really summarizes what Jesus Christ truly came to do. He said, "These things I have spoken unto you." That in me ye might have peace. In the world ye, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so, like, he, he has overcome every worldly, every worldly thing that we could go through. Um, of loneliness to, to grief, to, you know, loss of our family member, to a loss of our entire home from natural causes like Mm -hmm. he understands what we go through and so 
I always, I always brings me a lot of peace being able to know that he did that for me. Yeah, I like that scripture a lot too. And one of, I'll start with my, one of my favorite scriptures as well that I always tend to go to to share. It's uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and, five and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I, I, I think that kind of applies with what we were talking about and how, you know, the Lord has walked the path. We just need to trust in him. You know, he, he knows what he's doing, and he'll guide us as we do that. He'll, he'll put us on the right path. I know a lot of time, like, when we're praying or we're trying to find the answers to things, you know, we feel like we can't find those. We don't know. We can't really tell which one's the right one. Something my mom told me was, um, you know, figure it out in your mind and for yourself, kind of what you should do if you can't find or feel that answer through Christ at the moment. You know, figure out which one would be best and go for that. And then if it's not the right path, you know, God will, God will correct you and put you on the right path. I think, too, with that, like, um, I don't know, I, I feel like there's been a lot of people that might have felt prompted to go down a path, and they're like, well, this is the wrong path. Why did I go down this? Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of times, like, God's understanding is so much bigger than ours. Our little pea brains can't understand sometimes right. but um he he gives us those opportunities just so that we won't we, he knew that maybe we would doubt that ourselves if we were to go if he were to give us the correct path the first time so putting us down the wrong path gave us the surety to go down the right path right. so i always think of the, the scripture it actually comes from the book of mormon um in moroni chapter seven which is which is the very last chapter of the Book of Mormon, um, the prophet Moroni, he, he writes um, in verse 13, Behold, um, that which is of God enticeth, or inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Wherefore, everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good and to love God and to serve him is inspired of God. And so like he said, like, I don't know, that good, that good comes from God. Um, I've been meeting a lot of people who, um, it's more philosophical-based, like, mindsets, and, oh, there has to be a beginning where good comes from, mm-hmm. like, what, where moral standards spawn from, I mean, you know, like, there's eternal laws that God has given us, right? And, and so as we live by those, I found so much joy, because it, it's put me on paths and give me opportunities to grow farther than any other standards could could provide for me i like that a lot he puts you on paths that we can grow what you're talking about earlier um reminded me a lot of uh what i was talking about last night with somebody we were teaching um we mentioned this it's a video it's a message from elder holland elder holland one of our uh, apostles in the church and he was telling a story from when he was a kid and he was on a vacation with his dad and they're on the way home uh, from the, I don't know where it was, Grand Canyon, I don't know. But they're on their way home, and they came to a crossroads. They didn't know which way to go, so they said a prayer, and then they felt that they should go left. And so they went left, and after going for a little bit, it was a dead end. And so they turned around and to go back the other way. And the Elder Holland asked his dad, you know, why, 
why did God put us on the wrong path? And why did we get to a dead end? And I, what you said uh, is so that we wouldn't doubt. I really like that word doubt. Um, you know, sometimes we go on the wrong path first so that we can go on the right path without doubt. You know, God, God can see the past. You know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what would be best for us, what we need in our life. And so he'll put us on the path that, that he thinks or that he knows will help us grow and will help us to be stronger and to go on the right path with more faith and having grown from the experience. So I really like you know, that. That's, that's exactly what I was referencing. So um, oh, I'm glad that you came um, yeah, I was exactly referencing that, that, that lesson, that principle taught by Elder Holland. That's, that's the one of the biggest joy I've found um, as I've grown my faith is the fact that I know I don't know everything. Um, it can be, I used to be really frustrated by that. I wanted to be the answer. I wanted to be the person that everyone could go to to get the answer. And I still am like that. And I, I need to work on it. I don't always have all the answers. But um, it just reminds me of the faith that we need to have in God. And faith is not blind. We don't believe in a blind faith in this church. But that we can find truth as we reach out to God. In Isaiah chapter 55, um, Jesus Christ, he speaks to Isaiah. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. And so, just whenever we have a thought, we, we feel like we know what we're going to do. We know, we, and then when we pray about it, we're like, that is not what I thought I was going to have to do. Why do I have to do it that way? Um, I don't know, we, just we try to work our way out of it. Like mm-hmm. We try to reason maybe our first thought. But in reality, that the thought that was brought to us from the Lord through prayer is much greater than what we could have ever come up with our own. It may not have been what we wanted, but it's probably what we needed. Yeah, that's a big principle, I think. It's really hard for people mm-hmm. um, to, to accept. Yeah, for sure. I, God really will support us throughout everything. <laughs> Like he, like we've been talking about, you know, he knows everything that we need. And like throughout everything that you've told us, we can, we can see how you've grown um, from before uh, when you didn't have this this gospel in your life to how you have grown and how you have grown spiritually and and in other ways as well. And it's been cool to hear your story and see that and to have that reminder, I guess, to me as well that that God will support us and that we need to, you know, trust in him. Something you mentioned before we started recording was don't try to control what you can't control. Um, cause God, God's in control and he, he, he's going to do everything. Like <laughs> we don't need to, I guess, worry. We just need to trust. And so I, yeah, I um, it's okay if I share like a quick scripture story. Yeah. I'd love that. So, um, as I read my scriptures, I always try to find principles because um, there's a, a youth speaker in our church. His name's Hank Smith. And he's a super, super good guy. Um, 
And he just talks about principles, that the scriptures have principles within them. That's why we read them, not for the stories, no matter how good they are and how and, um, intriguing they are. There's principles within them that are there to be applied. And so there's a principle that one of his students, as he was a um, early morning seminary teacher, and seminary is simply like a Bible study in the morning for, for high schoolers, um, and one of his students read through the passage of when Nephi, um, a man in the Book of Mormon, um, was trying to talk to his brother and the people that they had just brought out of Jerusalem, um, the family of Ishmael. And so his brother Laman and Lemuel, and some of the children of Ishmael were super mad at Nephi. They're like, shut up, we don't want to listen to you. Like, and so they actually tied him up. They, they've laid hands on him and tied him up, and they just dragged him out into the woods into the wilderness and left him there. And you're like, we're just going to let you die. And Nephi, he he's, he can't do anything. He, he's just bound. And so he prays. He prays to God. And he just asks God, please let me just burst these bands. He wanted to break these things so hard that they hit Laman and Lemuel in the face, like knocked them clear off the feet, <laughs> off their feet. He asked them to burst these bands. So we read in the next verse that the Lord answered his prayer and that the bands were loosed from him, and they just simply kind of fell off. And so, I guess in general, Nephi's prayer was answered, right? Right. He, he wanted the bands off, but it wasn't answered how he had asked it to be. And a lot of times in our life, it's like that. You know, we don't always have the prayers answered how, they, how we want them to be, how we might word them. Right. But if we're humble, and we simply always seek... How I, I know, that's what I've done my whole mission now is I just I, I don't I see I hear stories of the simplest things that people have learned from they literally like down to the point of like a button they saw this button that was like their grandma's and that answered a prayer for them to know that like, God was thinking about them doesn't have to be, the answer doesn't have to be grand in in temporal means but and personal, it could be the biggest moment of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can learn from the simplest of, of things. And so I think that's, like, one thing I've learned on my mission is just God can answer us in the simplest of ways if we keep, keep, keep an eye out for it. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think I, I've, not, I've noticed that before, just how... In, Nephi, in Nephi's uh, instance, how he wanted the bands to break, but they were loosened instead. Um, reminds me, I guess, just everything you said is just, you know, spot on. God will answer our prayers, but maybe not when or how we're anticipating. Something that, this is a quote that I like, I don't know where I heard it, but it's still a good quote. Um, Everything will be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, it's not the end. And I think that's just a really good reminder, at least to me, that God will God will help everything be okay in the end. And we just need to be patient and, and continue waiting with Him, because He will He will support us and give us that love that we need to continue to have strength throughout our life, as we're as we're dragging or struggling. You know, he will always be there to support us. Thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed. Enjoy talking with you and hearing your thoughts. Definitely.
Yeah, it flew by really fast. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I could talk for for much longer, but yeah. yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to come here. All right, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope that you're able to learn a little bit more about finding love and support through Jesus Christ throughout our life. Come back on Saturday where we will discuss another great topic. If there are any things you want to talk about, I'd like us to talk about, or if there are ever any of you guys that have experiences that you'd like to share, please reach out to us and we'd love to, to talk with you and to discuss those things. And if you have any questions about anything that we discussed today, we are missionaries and would love to talk with you and answer anything you got. If not, we will talk to you again on Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until then, remember, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good.